Welcome to the Community Colleges Australia podcast. I'm Ryan Pemberton. This is the first in an eight-part series on board governance and executive leadership. In this episode, we'll meet the chairs of two community education boards, Julia Ridout, Central Coast Community College, and Chris Taylor from Tech NQ in Townsville, a not-for-profit senior secondary school that provides apprenticeship trades training. We'll learn what qualities make a good chair of the board, what they each find most rewarding and challenging about the role, and they'll share some practical advice and encouragement for newly appointed chairs. I'll also be joined by Ty Wiggins, co-founder of Converge Consulting and executive director at Russell Reynolds Associates. But first up, Tech NQ Chair, Chris Taylor. What would you say are the key responsibilities of the chair of the board? Ultimately, the chair, I believe, is the leader of the board. When you fundamentally look at what it is a, a board is meant to do, it is to set the culture for the organisation and to provide that direction and leadership. And I see my role as the chair of the board is to, to set what it is the, the fundamental culture of our board should be. How are we going to operate and what is going to be some of the fundamental directions that we want to take in relation to our school? Do we want to be a a high growth, high risk entity? Do we want to be business as usual? What are the values that we want to portray? I think that's an important aspect of being the chair. It's, I guess, pulling your board together, making them act as a team, a cohesive team, a team that will set that direction and be a support network for the organisation as well as uh, drive that direction, drive that um, strategic outlook to provide the best outcomes for our particular organisation and the many stakeholders that are affected by the decisions that we do make. For Julia Ridout, Chair of Central Coast Community College, The role is primarily about being a facilitator. It's important when the other directors are putting forward their viewpoints to be able to take on board that view, maybe play that back to them if need be, and actually share that information throughout that board meeting or potentially outside of the board meeting with the CEO and the rest of the executive team. A lot of chairs in boards, maybe more in the corporate board sense, have more of a hierarchical role in their chair roles. But in the non-for-profit sector and certainly in the role that I'm in, it's much more of a facilitation role. What qualities would you say make a good chair? And maybe like an opportunity to talk yourself up a bit. What would you say would be your, your strengths as a chair? I would say it would be the engagement with the other directors. So I really take on board their information and try and get them to have some healthy discourse with each other. So we give everybody time within the group. But I also, one trait that I don't adhere to, which I think is a positive, is I don't lead the conversation. So when we go through each of the agenda items, I will open it up to one of the directors and they get, you know, each time they may not know that I'm doing this, but I go for a different director each time to lead the conversation. I don't lead with that. Um, There's a a term called the halo effect, um, which means that sometimes if you go forward and say your point first, that other people will follow because you're the chair or you're the leader. And we try and address that by opening it up to different people in the room. 
think some of the qualities that I like to maintain are, are probably being a calm and uh, considered chairman in that you're not jumping at shadows, so to speak, or getting worked up or worried over smaller issues or smaller matters and that you're tackling the major issues in a calm and collected way because that rubs off then on the board and the CEO and the senior management. And I think the other good quality is is trying where you can to, to be that people person that makes your board feel comfortable um, because if your board is comfortable, they will speak up, they will talk, and they will have that level of interaction that is critical for a board to operate effectively. Chris says that ensuring that the board is comfortable is important in allowing for healthy disagreement. I think the most dangerous board is is one where everyone thinks the same and everyone continually agrees all the time because you're obviously all too similar and the diversification needs to be looked at in your board because ultimately people will not always agree. So that level of debate is important and that will only come if your board feels comfortable that they can say what they are thinking without fear of being shut down or being made to feel uncomfortable because they've voiced an opinion that may not necessarily be widely held by the remainder of the board. What are some of the challenges being chair of the board? I think it's because we have a role where we're all working in business and we're all, all our directors are also board members. So just managing that time in the connection with the college and making sure that we're available for our stakeholders, whether that be the students, the executive committee or the community, and doing our own roles. So it's quite a challenge to sort of manage that time. We're all a voluntary board members. So just to make sure we're managing that time effectively and can give as much time as we can to the college. I guess the the challenging aspect is often getting your head around the the organisation to the level that you need to do. For me personally, I'm not from the education sector. We're we're an industry organisation, so I'm an industry director foremost and and work in the construction industry, uh, which obviously adds some, some excellent value from the point of view of being able to advise the school in relation to to industry training. But as a non-educator, it makes it uh, very challenging to get into the the correct mindset of an education institution and learning that is quite difficult. And obviously that's a challenge for all directors, but I think as chair, you take on that additional responsibility that really does make it a lot more paramount that you continue to educate yourself, to stay abreast of the the legislation. What do you find most rewarding about the role? The most rewarding part of the role is definitely seeing the outcomes that we can deliver. So we're actually really seeing some changes in the community from a point of view of people getting jobs in the local community or training in the local community um, and really watching those rewarding relationships between the trainers and their students Um, And knowing that they're being successful in themselves and and really building up some strength and some resilience in the local community due to the courses that they're taking. Our school in particular has a real focus on employability and creating employment opportunities for the young people that graduate from our school 
who might not necessarily have gained employment if they stayed in a traditional school setting. And often the young people won't be um, forward in recognising that to us, but the parents definitely provide that feedback to us. And and as a director and and as chairman, I, I take great pride when I hear those success stories when parents will write to us and say, look, you know, I, I was worried my son would never complete school. Now he's finished school. Now he's got an apprenticeship. He's got full-time employment. He's doing so well. And and we thank Tech NQ for what they did in making that happen. That's the most rewarding part of the role is seeing the outcomes. And then you know that the strategic direction that you set following our vision is working. Say you were speaking to a newly appointed chair of the board of a community education provider. What would you say to them as advice? Probably the best advice I could get would be Learn all you can about your organisation if you don't already. Like, obviously, a lot of chairs are, are appointed as, as prior directors, which gives you that great deal of benefit in relation to history of the organisation. But either way, there, there'll be things you don't know about the business because you've focused on um, purely strategic direction and, and not got to know the ins and outs of of operations as such or the challenges that the organisation may face. So that would be one. Number two is obviously get a relationship with your CEO and make sure you nurture that and make sure you make that uh, your number one priority, that you do ensure that you and your CEO can talk openly and are on the same page. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree on everything, but you need to be able to talk about everything. I think listen a lot, find out a lot about the the college that you're working for, look at the local community, find out what the, the goals of the local community and the objectives of the college you're working with are. It's really important to connect to the strategic vision. And we we've spent a lot of time over the last three to five years really working on that together as a group and making sure that we're connecting that back to the local community and our disadvantaged youth um, and also people who traditionally wouldn't get to have the opportunity for training. So we, we're fortunate that we can have government grants underneath the banner of the community college and the thing that we really want to focus on that. So I think they need to listen to that community, understand the strategic vision, and then connect in with the other directors in order to understand why they're there. What is it that brought them to the college? What is it that they would like to achieve out of their time there so that you can connect in on that? And then just um, enjoy it. Like don't let it become a job that drags you down because it's, in most cases, a volunteer role. So you need to be conscious that it is something that is going to be difficult on days, but you need to make it enjoyable. If you don't enjoy it, you will, number one, burn out very quickly, and number two, not give it what it needs to be given in order to make it a successful role. And there's no point if you're not going to be able to, one, enjoy it, and two, be successful at it. So important that you just you know take the time to enjoy what you do Uh, to enjoy the outcomes, to focus on the positives, to make it be a, a positive experience for you in general. 
That was Chris Taylor, chair of Tech and Q in Townsville. We also heard from Julia Ridout, chair of Central Coast Community College. Now I'm joined by Ty Wiggins, co-founder of Converge Consulting and executive director at Russell Reynolds Associates. I've worked in the leadership advisory space for about 12 years and had the benefit of working with CCA and many of the colleges for about six to seven years. I've had the opportunity to coach a number of the CEOs and work with a number of the boards over that time. In this episode, both Julia and Chris talked about getting to know the operations of the organization. Why would it be more important for the chair to be across that stuff than other directors? The chair's role, especially in the colleges, is one which is potentially more hands-on than you might find in other corporate environments. The chair needs to be a sounding board and support for the CEO uh, and in turn the management team. So it's not possible for chairs to be completely removed from the day-to-day operations. That being said, it's still the domain of the CEO to run the organization, so the chair's involvement is, is still more at a high level. Chris mentioned that nurturing a relationship with the CEO should be a number one priority. Why is a good CEO-chair relationship important? The chair-CEO relationship is a really crucial one for any organization, and I've seen it especially so in the colleges. The CEO governs and runs the organization. The chair governs and runs the board. So the two sort of intersect, if you consider that, the case in terms of how the board and the, and the organization interplay with each other. So I think it's really important that of all the director relationships, the CEO and chair are close and working well together. And I think early in that relationship, time spent developing a commonality and alignment around the outcomes for the college, very important. Uh, And there's some aspects too around the chair and the CEO being really clear on their expectations and their responsibilities so that they don't cross over each other. And that's where we sometimes see some of the conflict. So what are some of the reasons that a chair and CEO might come into conflict with each other? I think when we when we look at CEO-chair relationships that aren't very successful, one of the key aspects that you often find is that there's a desire from the chair to be CEO. And where we've seen this in the past, you see an overreach in terms of the chair's involvement in the day-to-day activities direct contact with the management staff, trying to impose themselves into some of the day-to-day operational decisions that are not really their remit. That's one of the key areas where it will cross over. I think conversely, where we have chairs that are very passive and where the CEO is therefore forced to run the meetings, run the board, run the organisation, that also creates challenges for the CEO and the organisation. You've been listening to Season 3 of the Community Colleges Australia Governance and Leadership Podcast Series, produced by Audiocraft, with funding support from the New South Wales Government. Next episode, running effective board meetings. It's great to connect with people and come together as a board, but I think if you walk away from the board meeting and you haven't actually achieved anything from an objective point of view, or you've just sat around and nodded in agreement with each other, I don't see that as successful. So I think if people walk away and it's not been effective, then that's that's disappointing. And I have seen that over the years in, in both corporate and non-for-profit. That's in the next episode of the CCA Governance Podcast Series. You can find all our episodes at cca.edu.au.